Hi everybody, I'm Wendy Murdoch and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars to help horse people understand uh, different topics that they may have wanted more information or were curious about. Today, I am so excited to have Sarah with me to talk about boot fitting. This is a topic that is now dear to my heart because my horse just came out of cloud boots and he looks pretty good, but I think I need something for, to, for him when I go riding. So this is very timely, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. So Sarah, can you give us a, a bit of your background? Like how did you get into boot fitting? You gave me a little hint of something you did in your past. Mm -hmm. um, um, so how did you get into boot fitting? Yeah, so uh, in, gosh, 20, was it 2005 or 2006, somewhere in there, um, you know, I had been kind of getting interested in this whole barefoot thing. It was interesting, but you know, I had horses in training and going to shows and that wasn't the thing you did. Um, and then uh, my 18 year old, um, you know, she was getting sore behind, ejected the hawks, which you do. Uh, and she actually got worse. She did not improve. And my vet told me just to retire her to flash star rides on Butte. And that was the end of it. And I'm going, this is an 18 year old Morgan. Oh. I, I, <laughs> I, I I actually learned to ride on her grandsire and a sibling in their 30s. There's there's no way I'm retiring an 18-year-old Morgan. So I said, well, I don't apparently I don't have anything else to lose. So I pulled her shoes. And uh, three months later, I was back in the mountains trail riding her soundly. Wow. So that is how my journey down this rabbit hole started. Um, and of course, and what year was that? How, lo how long? 2005 or 2006. Okay. So, you know, in that time frame, you know, we started out with Cavallos. We tried Easy Boot Epi uh, Epics. We tried Easy Boot Gloves. And of course, as the feet got healthier and changed, the boots had to change. And we transitioned our other horses to barefoot and they needed different boots than she did. And so we ended up with this gigantic boot collection. Um, because of course you can't return them once you use them right <laughs> or done more than put them on standing on a towel after you've scrubbed your horse's feet clean I mean it, it's really kind of a ridiculous situation easy care is really the only company that will actually work with you once you've actually used a boot um, and so you know I did all that and I would have you know friends who call me and say hey you know I'm trying to find a hoof boot and I can't do it and you know I, I know you have a whole bunch so I'd go and get my big you know box full of boots and go over there and help them with some boots you know just as a thing that I was very interested in all of this um so fast forward quite some time um and you know, so after college I'm trimming my own horses I'm trimming some horses at the barn a couple of neighbors horses and um, helping quite a few people just around, including on Facebook and the internet and whatnot, you know, it was making boot suggestions for them. And, you know, my mom finally said, well, you know, you don't like your job. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't you start actually like charging people for your Good help? job, mom. Um, job. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's kind of where that rabbit hole went. Um, and in 2018, I really started doing that uh, more substantially um started doing my phcp certification the um, progressive healthcare practitioners and um it's kind of just been from there at this point now i'm just about full-time i'm getting to the point where i'm i'm only taking very select clients at this point for trimming um i just don't have that much space left in my books and i do a lot of boots um and i'm really glad to be able to offer 
um, my experience, you know, I am a rep for four different companies. And then I also have experience with Renegades and I've tried several of the other ones. Um, I'm actually going to measure one of my horses today for a different uh, boot that I haven't tried yet that just got here to the States that I know of. Um, and so I can test those out for him and see how they go. So I can help my clients who don't fit into easy boots or scoots or equine fusions or cabalos because every horse needs something very specific usually. Um, you know, well, and that was the thing when I, when I, uh, chatted with you about coming on the webinar, the fact that you recognize that every the horse needs the booty needs instead mm -hmm. of trying to put the horse in a boot that isn't fitting. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I think that that's and important. And just to clarify for people watching, because I know what's going to happen next, where are you located? I'm in San Diego. Okay. So mm -hmm. people from Virginia, do not contact Sarah to have her come to your horse to fit because it'll get really expensive. <laughs> I won't go to you, but I'm perfectly happy to work with you remotely with pictures and that kind of thing. Exactly. So um, anyway, but that's kind of where all this went. Uh, I'm sitting here surrounded by boots. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I was uh, just repacking my car as I usually do every couple of weeks because boots come out of their boxes and start flying everywhere and just going, I have quite a collection. So you're um, basically a traveling shoe saleswoman. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. And I've really, you know, it, it's really rewarding for me to be able to, you know, help owners take a horse who's sore or lame or even just not 100% in shoes, get them transition, get them in boots. And all of a sudden we have this horse who's been just not able to do much for years and the vets have written them off it's just old you know and um this happened fairly recently actually we got a horse in and we i figured he was going to need therapy boots and i didn't have anything in his size and except for gloves i said well what the heck i don't think he's going to fit in gloves but we'll try them and they fit pretty well actually surprisingly so it's one of those things that there are no rules right in this aside from the fact that the only rule is that there are no rules um and he promptly started dragging his owner up the driveway wow 25 or six year old horse who um, I, uh, uh, when i pulled his shoes was just just could barely really walk forward and he was wow. trying to try so, so let's start with a simple question how many different kinds of boots are there available at oh dear god there's more all the time i actually just exactly. got a message from somebody um, earlier today uh who said that she's bringing a, another new one to the states in a few months um, so I do have a gallery slide, um, with a whole okay. bunch of pictures, um, and I'll detail some of that and we'll t talk a little bit about everything and how I go about choosing boots for horses. So, all right. So if anybody has a question, please put it in the chat or the Q and a, and then I will ask Sarah where it seems appropriate. All right. So you have a slideshow for us. I do. Let me grab it here. Oops, hang on. I have to share screen first and then yep. grab the slideshow. Share screen. Okay, that looked good to everybody. Mm -hmm. Looks great. Alrighty. So we are doing choosing and fitting hoof boots. Um, and we've been talking, uh, Wendy and I were going to be hopefully planning a secondary follow-up to this, just gonna go on tips and tricks and the way to have the best success with your hoof boots. Um, if I got into that today, we'd have a two hour long webinar and people have lives. So we're just gonna kind of be focusing on the getting started with hoof boots, which starts with 
well, which boot do you get? Um, and that is a very interesting question to answer because it really, really depends on your horse's feet. It depends on how you're going to use them. And it depends on any other needs your horse has or any concerns or limitations you have, as well as where you ride your horse, how you ride your horse, how fast, how many miles in an arena, on the trail, so many different things. So I have a way that I break it down, which is pretty straightforward. So we'll get into that. We already did a little bit of this about me. Um, so how I kind of got started just down back in 2006 and now in, 20, in 2018, I really started this as a business and now here we are. Um, so I'm a dealer for Easy Care, Scoop Boot, Equine Fusion, and Kavalo. Um, I also have experience with quite a few other boot brands and I'm always happy to help, you know, say, okay, well, let's try these. I've heard good things. Let's measure and let's order and, and, and let's make it happen. Um, so I'm always open to doing new boot things. I'm not, you know, going to say, oh, you have to buy XYZ boot for me because that, that, that's just not helpful to your horse. My perspective is if you are in the hoof business and you're not in it for the horses, then why are you here? It, it's, it, you know, it's not an easy job. It's not a glamorous job. It's not necessarily even a particularly well-paying job. So there's really no reason to be here unless you're in it for the horses. Um, and so for me, if that means that I cannot provide the boot that you need, then we look for something else. So I get this question a lot, which is, well, but can I do X, Y, or Z? in hoof boots. Um, pretty much the only thing that hoof boots might not help you with is raining because you get too much traction on the hind end. Um, that's pretty much the only situation in which a hoof boot is really going to be, you know, not either a good choice or a, a better choice to me personally than a metal shoe. Um, so trail riding, jumping, eventing, fox hunting, barrels, cows, you know, endurance, long distance, um, basically any terrain that you want to go through, um, whether that's mud, whether that's rock, whether that's steep hills, all kinds of things. Um, upper level dressage, absolutely. Um, you can put studs in them for traction on ice or grass, turn them out, complete, you know, toughest endurance rides like the Tevis, um, you know, uh, the Easy Boots and Renegades particularly perform wonderfully at Tevis. Consistently horses in um, Easy Boots, Renegades, whether it's glue ones or um, the, 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 the removable boot um, are in the top 10 and winning the best condition awards at Tevis. So, you know, if you're going to put a boot to the test, that's it. That's 100 miles on crazy terrain. Um, showing a lot of um, Associations now are starting to be more flexible about what they allow for hoof boots and shows, whether uh, most of the time you do have to have a boot that fits below the hairline and your mileage may vary with whether it's, you know, uh, FEI rules or USEF rules or local association rules. You have to kind of check that out, of course. Um, but a lot of people are finding now they can show in hoof boots. Um, and then, of course, the obvious things like uh, helping with discomfort from things like navicular, ring bone, laminitis, transitioning out of shoes, and just generally getting the most performance out of your horse. Can you do it in hoof boots? Yes, you can. Um, it is very, very rare that I have a situation in which a hoof boot is not the right answer for a horse. 
Well, and you know, changed so dramatically. I mean, I don't think you're old enough to remember when I knew boots as a kid. <laughs> the original easy boot? Yeah. Yes. You know, with the metal and the wires and you had to have the hoof pick and, yeah. you know, that was a long time ago. And, mm -hmm. and as the barefoot movement has been expanding, so has the boot market, which is fantastic. Yes. Innovations are coming. It, it's, it's, it, I can't keep up anymore. You know, it's just, right. it, it, and, and this is what I focus on all the time. And it, every time I turn around, there's a new boot, uh, which is great because it means that we can help more horses. Right. Ultimately. So the biggest thing that I find, you know, I get a call, hey, I want hoof boots, but I, and I tried these and I tried those and this didn't work and my horse got rubbed and they wouldn't stay on and da, 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 da. And, you know, I, I don't want to put shoes back on my horse, but I can't get hoof boots. But you probably can get hoof boots. And there's very, very few cases in which the horse's feet are so distorted or pathological that we can't get a hoof boot to fit. Um, so the focus then changes to how do you choose the right hoof boot? And it's not based on marketing or Facebook ads or what your neighbor uses or what your best friend uses. It has to be based on your usage of the boot, the confirmation and potential pathologies of the hooves that you're fitting um, any limitations or desires that you may or may not have. And then there's a few other potential concerns to keep in mind. So I break usage down into three main categories, performance boots, pleasure riding boots, and therapy boots. Um, so you can see here, I have kind of a selection here. We've got obviously scoop boots on top, um, performing phenomenally well in, you know, marathon driving. Um, we've got an easy boot glove and a back country there in the middle. And then the bottom left is a, a cloud therapy boot. And the right is the um, original easy boot trail. So we're looking first up with the performance of boots. I try to fit the performance boot whenever I can, because for one, they perform the best usually. Um, and they often have the least problems in terms of rubbing and other limitations. Um, so whenever I try, I default to these. Um, by far, my most popular boot of what I sell is scoop boot. Um, and it's primarily for ease of use, um, ease of fit. They fit a, a wider variety of horses than these other uh, boots can. Um, they're easily accessible and there's no fiddling around really. There's just, you have one adjustment for the toe straps and then, you know, a couple of pasture and strap options. But, um, you know, my personal favorite boot would be the easy boot glove when it fits. When it doesn't fit, it's a nightmare, but when it fits, it is probably one of the most solid boots there is. That's why that design has you, been misplaced. Can you point so. out the boot that you're talking about in this picture here with your pointer? Absolutely. Um, so my cursor is not showing up. Okay, so the, <laughs> the, so going, we'll go kind of clockwise from the one on the left, that's a copper colored boot, that's a renegade. Okay. Uh, and then going up to the right, that's an easy boot glove. Going to the one that's the black and red, that is a flex boot. Just down uh, below it to the right, that's a scoop boot. 
The one with the purple, green, and yeah, blue. yeah, with the multiple colored straps. So you don't use all four straps when you're using a scoop. That's just a, a nice little assortment of colors. Okay. And then uh, that down there in the middle, those are the Easy Boot Furies. So that is the Fury Heart on the bottom, the Fury Sling on top, and then the glue one, um, which I'm not getting into in this uh, in this webinar. But so the features that characterize performance for hoof boots um, is primarily how they fit. It's going to be basically the bulk of the boot will be below the hairline. Um, obviously, if you're fitting a boot mostly below the hairline, your risk for rubbing is very minimal because it's just on the hoof wall. Um, so these will all have some sort of gaiter feature that comes up for additional security. So you see on the Renegade, you have that heel captivator with the Velcro in the front. Um, the glove has a neoprene gaiter that comes over the back with the Velcro on the front. Um, <laughs> the flex boot has the two straps that cross through each other. Um, the scoop boot has just the one little pastern strap. You know, to some extent, all of these designs, as you can see, they've been refined to the point where they're all kind of similar. Yeah. Um, so really what we get into with the nitty gritty of choosing, okay, which one is better than the other comes to, well, you know, um, if you're on a longer trim cycle, you know, a glove isn't going to work for you. There's only four millimeters between glove sizes. Oh, wow. Yeah, only four millimeters between sizes and those gloves have to fit perfectly because there is nothing holding them on but how snugly they fit against the hoof wall. So if your foot is really, really well shaped and balanced and everything's really good, there's no flaring, there's no distortions and that boot fits snugly, it, those things are hard to get off because they, they stay put. But if you go a six week cycle, you're likely to not have a good fit either at the beginning or the end, because you got to fit them to fit sort of in the middle. Um, from my understanding, I haven't used flex boots a whole lot, but from my understanding, the flex boots are similar in that they have to fit very snugly. Um, scoop boots have more option, uh, more flexibility, given that you have that toe strap, so you can get the, the, the boot on and then snug it up over. Um, Renegades have a lot of flexibility given the cable system, but they are more complicated for that reason. Um, the other ones that I've mentioned here, uh, the Epic, which is not pictured, I have a picture of it somewhere else later. Um, and then the Evo boot, uh, I have pictures of most of these elsewhere. Um, and the Explore Magic. Uh, again, all of these are the same base concept, which is you have a shell that goes around the hoof wall, and then you have a gator which comes around the top to secure. Um, so let me see here what I've got. So he, hopefully my background doesn't screw this one up for you. I mean, if you unshare your screen, we'll be able to see it better. Okay, well, just for a moment here. So this yeah. is, a, this is your gloves. Um, and, um, you know, so basically they fit snug against the wall. They come up with a gator over the back of the hoof around the pass turn. And that's about it. They're very minimal, which is fantastic because they are lightweight, they're not obtrusive, they don't interfere with your movement or your horse. So if you have a performance horse, you know, you're doing um, dressage, you're doing jumping, you are hitting a lot, spending a lot of time on the trail, all of those things really lend themselves to the best success with a performance type boot. And um, are they designed to be on while you're riding and then taken off when you're not riding your horse? Good question. So um, many boots can also be used for turnout. 
There's a few situations which I'm always a little leery about using a boot for turnout. Um, the Renegades, because of that cable system, if they do come off, sometimes they get hung up on the foot and that cable can cause an issue, obviously, if you have a broken cable or something like that. Um, many others, you know, scoop boots work well for turnout, gloves work well for turnout. Um, and a lot of the boots in the pleasure riding category, which is next, work well for turnout as well. So we'll get to that. Um, so the thing with these is that you do need a short trim cycle, as I mentioned. There's not a lot of margin for error with a changing hoof shape to accommodate in that very snugly fit boot. So if you're a type of person who says, no, I'm going to do a six or an eight week cycle, you're not likely to have success with a performance boot. That's just kind of the truth of it. Um, I personally always recommend somewhere in a five week cycle. Most of my client horses are on that cycle. And that works really well for allowing to keep the most optimally healthy foot and also a really good boot fit. Um, so do know, these are, this is not an exhaustive list of boots. There are so many on the market that I would sit here and have five slides of just names and you'd be like looking at me with question marks. So I do have a slide of pictures later on, um, but these lists are not complete. So in the pleasure riding category, um, these all fasten around the entire foot, including over the hairline. So they do have a bulkier fit. So if you're doing a lot of performance type work, they can, they can occasionally sort of get in the way. Certain horses, um, my own mare, you know, she goes great in uh, gloves, um, but in Cavallos, she doesn't like to can. She's, she's very, she's very refined, very fine boned. And she's just, nope, does not like to canter with the weight of the bigger boot on her front feet put her in gloves or, or renegades and she's fine. So some horses are just fussy about it. Um, obviously with a boot that fastens around the entire foot, including over the hairline, you have a higher potential for rubbing. So that's not to say that you will have rubs, but it's something to keep in mind. So if you're more of a casual trail rider, you go out for a couple hours and you're walking on the weekends, a pleasure riding boot is totally fine for you. If you're doing 25s, 50s, doing a lot of endurance work, a lot of rocky stuff, you're out for eight, nine, 10 hours, be mindful, be concerned, and I probably would highly recommend a performance boot. So given that these are more forgiving of fit, they fit a wider variety of hooves, those that have uh, trim issues or pathology issues, and they accommodate thicker pads. So that's something to keep in mind. The performance boot really only accommodates at most a quarter inch pad. So for a lot of horses, that's just not enough, especially if they're transitioning out of shoes. Um, these pleasure riding boots, because of how they fit, often will accommodate more like a half inch pad. So there's more space for, for growth during longer trim cycles as well. So we're talking things like the line of Cavallo boots, the uh, entry level boot, simple boots, port boot, trek, easy boot trail, the original and the new trail, uh, the old Mac and new Mac and equine fusions. Um, so we have kind of an outlier situation here with a few boots that kind of are on that line between pleasure riding and performance boot. Um, and these can be really, really helpful for folks who do a lot of trail riding, for example, a lot of miles, but their hooves have some issues and they just won't fit in a performance boot. Um, so that would be the easy boot backcountry, which is actually a glove with a larger gaiter on top. Um, the Equine Fusion Active and the Equine Fusion Trekking. 
So these are all designed to be kind of on the more streamlined side of a pleasure riding boot. Um, so in our pictures here, uh, kind of going clockwise from the bottom left. Um, so the bottom left, that is the Equine Fusion All-Terrain Ultra, the one with the uh, strap going across the front. Um, going up into the right a little bit, that is the Equine Fusion Active. So that's one of those that is on the more performance side of a pleasure riding boot. To the right of that, we have a Cavallo that is the entry-level boot. That gold-colored one on the bottom right, that is the new trail, the Easy Boot new trail. And then the bottom in the middle is the Easy Boot Backcountry. Just with the two slides you've presented, it's already an overwhelming number of boots from which one is supposed to pick. <laughs> yes, it is. And this is why I have a job. Yeah, I'm always happy to help. You know, it usually I can just ask a few questions and look at a picture or two and go, I would point you towards these three or four boots or this category of boots, um, you know, because it, it is an overwhelming amount of information and there are new boots on the market all the time. And this is why, you know, it, it's so frustrating and why it, 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 it's tough for me because I see folks who want their horses barefoot and they try a couple of different hoof boots and then they don't have the budget to keep buying new right. pairs of boots. And I totally get that. Um, and it's really frustrating and they end up putting shoes back on even though they'd rather be barefoot. And so I really hope that the information I'm sharing here will help folks at least get closer to the right direction of where they want right. to go. And you know what? I, I mean, like, I, again, I go back to the original easy boot Yep. But I had no idea there were this many choices. And so it's gone from one to a number. Dozens. <laughs> it, it's really, I mean, I was just doing, just, just collecting pictures for this webinar and going, I haven't seen that one before. What? Wow. You know, ones that have really only been in Europe. And so now they're starting to make their way over to the States. Right. Um, so yeah, we've got a few of those that are fairly new. Explorer Magic, Swiss Gallopers. Um, there's a new one, I guess, uh, that's someone just sent to me earlier today that they'll have uh, with their company. They're bringing them in and they should have them in June, I think. So yeah, it's, there's always something new. So now we come to therapy boots. Um, so these are, you know, not for riding it. I do have the occasional client who will like tack walk their horse around a little bit, but they're not really for riding it. Um, for horses from suffering from acute or chronic hoof pain or transitioning out of shoes. Um, we've got the Easy Boot Cloud and RX. Um, the Stratus also, the Easy Boot Stratus was in this category, but that one has been discontinued. So um, you might still see that around uh, in shops, but uh, they're no longer producing that. Uh, the Equine Fusion Recovery, that's that bright red one down there. It does also come in black, but, um, and then the Soft Ride, which is in the upper right there. Um, so other boots in the pleasure riding category can often be padded and used for this purpose. And that can be a really great transitional boot for a horse who you're going, they're probably not going to need to spend a ton of time in a therapy boot, maybe a cycle or two. So you don't want to spend the 200 and something bucks for a pair of therapy boots that you're then going to have to replace. Um, so sometimes what we can do is pad up a Cavallo or my preference is really to put the easy boot cloud pads in the equine fusions. I have had tremendous success with the equine fusions for that use. Um, the recovery boot from equine fusion is new. 
um, and I really, really like it. Um, it's easy to use. It's got a zipper. <laughs> I have one here. I'll show you later. Um, and it's super easy. The horses like them. Um, the design really eliminates a lot of issues with bulb rubbing. It's great. Um, so therapy boots for, you know, if you're on stall rest, uh, if you're traveling, if they're in a trailer for a long distance, um, and you can do turnout in them, uh, so long as they're not going to go running around like nuts and crazy and stepping on themselves and all that. But usually these horses are fairly sore and not too inclined to go doing that anyway. So then we move on to concerns of hoof confirmation. Um, and this is sometimes where we run into trouble because, you know, you'll be working with somebody, you'll pull the shoes on their horse who they do a lot of upper level work with, um, you know, whether it's jumping or dressage or significant amount of trail riding, and they're not going to fit into a performance boot. So then we have to kind of go to, okay, how can we make this work while hopefully addressing the trim issues that are causing the problem in the first place. But um, so horses with common distortions and pathologies like flares, high heels, underrun heels, and long toes, um, they really make boot fitting a challenge. Um, boots primarily are designed around an ideal hoof shape. And a lot of them are not very forgiving of problems. So the catch 22 is that rehabbing feet with these kinds of issues often really needs boots to be done. So we go, okay, now what? Um, so boot choice is imperative when dealing with distorted or pathological feet. Um, keeping in mind, as I mentioned, the need for thin, thick, or therapy pads. The performance boots cannot accommodate a big, thick pad. The, what happens is the hoof gets too high in the boot, and then they just pop right off. Uh, so you really do need something that comes up over the hairline and secures around the pastern for a pad over about half an inch thick. The trim can make or break your boot experience. You know, um, sometimes I'll go to fit a pair of boots and I go, well, you know, you'd fit into a pair of scoop boots fine, except you've got this big old quarter flare. Trim the quarter flares, bring them back and the boot fits well. So sometimes very, very small trim adjustments can make a really big difference. Uh, also increasing the frequency of your trims. If you're going six to eight weeks and you're having trouble with your boot fit, max out at six and try five. That's often a, a fairly simple fix as well, and it's better for your horse. So flaring along toes are important to manage for optimal boot fit. As I said, you can work with this with trim. Uh, and the snugger the boot fit, the less forgiving it is, and the more tightly managed the hoof needs to be in terms of how frequently it's trimmed, uh, whether the owner needs to get a rasp and learn how to work with chips to make sure that we don't have any you know, sharp points that are getting caught on the boot and keeping it from, from going on and off easily, that sort of thing. And then, of course, there's the rider issues or desires. Um, you know, some folks want a really easy boot. They don't want to have to worry about it. You know, they just want to put it on, go ride, come home, take it off. No fussing. Okay. I, we can totally respect that. We can totally work with that. Um, scoop boots are a great option for that because they're, 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 just, they're just TPU. They're just plastic. There's no Velcro. There's no uh, neoprene. It's just super easy. No fussing with attachments put them on, they usually stay really well, you're done. Uh, the Cavallos are, are also very easy in terms of application. Some folks don't mind a higher management design in exchange for a high performance. Um, so 
that uh, picture of the orange boots on the right, those are Renegades. That cable system is, it, it works really, really, really well. But you have to keep it really clean. You have to make sure that your cables aren't fraying. You have to make sure that they're adjusted correctly. Sometimes you have to change the adjustments in the middle of a trim cycle. You need to have, you know, they are more intensive in terms of management and daily use. Um, things like Velcro, you know, out here in the desert, we get a lot of foxtails. Once mm -hmm. those grasses dry up, the foxtails are, oh my God, it's, they get in your Velcro and you're sitting there with pliers, just pulling each foxtail out. It's kind of a nightmare. Yeah. So a lot of folks, you know, in some cases, uh, you can exchange Velcro straps for like a biothane strap. A lot of, a lot of folks actually will use like dog collars um, in order to have a biothane buckle versus a Velcro strap. Um, so sometimes that can be an easy fix. Sometimes, you know, certain designs just are not going to work for the kinds of places where you ride. And then of course we have, um, you know, older folks um, who are, you know, loving to get out and ride their horse and enjoying and whatnot, but you've got arthritis in your hands, you have poor grip strength, um, other issues like that, where it's hard to put a lot of the boots on. Um, so I routinely recommend scoop boots for that because you can use a hoof pick, as you can see in the bottom picture there, to get those front straps fastened. And so that's usually pretty easy for someone who has issues with their hands. Um, easy boot gloves are also really easy for that with the rubber mallet because, you know, the trick with getting them on is having to use some force to get them on. So if you can get your horse uh, trained to stand for, the, for using a mallet to help tap them on, that can be fairly easy for someone who has limitations with their hands. Somebody's saying they find a fine wire dog or cat brush works well to remove debris from the Velcro. Yes. So lots of little tricks like that for sure. Um, but of course, you know, do you want to have to do that every single time you ride? Some folks are okay with it and some folks aren't, you know, realistically, it's about making sure that your expectations are accurate, you know, um, the only time I really have boot exchanges or returns aside from, Hey, we need a different boot because this boot isn't fitting is, you know, usually has something to do with the marketing from the company. Yeah. And they, they want something particular and they really want that boot. And I said, you know, uh, that, that would not be my first choice for you. Uh, but, you know, here we are. There you go. So some other concerns. Um, this one comes up quite a bit. Gated horses or horses that are really athletic and overreach. Um, put bell boots over your front boots or boot all four boots or all, all four feet. That often solves that problem. Um, options that work well, scoop boots with mud straps or renegades with a max cutback. So the cutback is they will trim the shell of the boot, which is, a, which is the piece that actually goes over the hoof itself and make it as short as possible in the back. So there's just not much material there for that hind foot to grab. Um, upright feet, we have issues with heel bulb rubs and boots spinning and twisting off. So we have a little mini case study over on the right-hand side there. That's a pretty upright little, uh, Tony, who um, when we started, the Kavalo ELBs worked decently for him, but as we started fixing the feet, they just, we just couldn't get them to fasten just right, and so we switched him into backcountries, and he's doing really well in those. So as feet change, boot needs change, but you can see in these pictures how the weird angle of the two flaps of the boot are. They're kind of pointed upwards instead of pointed sideways. 
Um, so that bottom picture is how it should look from the front when it's fastened. So um, underrun heels, you're prone to pastern and heel ball rubs. Obviously, when you got the real underrun heel, the heel area of the boot comes up too high on that short pastern bone. And then with the flexion of the foot back and forth, back and forth, you get a rub right in the back of the, the pastern there. Um, and very often horses with underrun heels also have kind of pointy heel bulbs. And so they push into the back of the boot at that little point and you end up with a rub. So flaring, uh, toe flares can be difficult to manage without heat fitting if you're looking at a more of a performance boot. Um, and heat fitting and that kind of thing is something we can get into if we do a second webinar on tips and tricks and that kind of deal. Um, quarter flare, often easily managed with trim. Um, but in fact, scoot boots actually usually work really well for quarter flares because the side slots, hopefully you can see here, are down right at the sole level. And so the quarter flare actually sticks out of the slot. Oh, okay. And locks the boot in place. Yeah. So, um, you know, they say, no, you can't have quarter flares, but actually I routinely fit horses in scoots with quarter flares and they have some of the best success. So, um, you know, it is a, one of those things that there are no rules in all of this because it's such, it's so individual when you're actually putting a boot on a foot and turning the horse out on the round pen and having them go crazy and do rollbacks and figure out how they're going to stress test those boots and make sure they stay on. So whenever possible, resolve your trim issues and pathologies to achieve a non-distorted hoof to have the best hoof boot success. So if any of your problems are related to trim or health, yes, try and get boots to work, but focus on fixing those issues first. Um, so sizing up to accommodate problems like flaring and that kind of thing, um, you know, you think, oh, well, we'll just do that and put some pads in and whatever, and that does work temporarily, but you have issues with delayed breakover, um, putting, you know, strain on soft tissues of the foot, and then too much boot movement because it's just a little bit too big and it's shifting and rocking around, um, and that causes rubs, obviously, friction. Um, and the boots can spin off, and that's one of the issues is, you know, you'll be out riding, you do fine at the walk when you're walking along, but you trot or canter, and then the boot is twisted sideways on the foot, and it's just never particularly helpful. So just a real quick thing on trim, um, that hoof boots are largely designed with the barefoot hoof in mind. Your number one reason for boot failure is fit, and the number one reason for fit issues is your trim. Um, so again, too long trim cycles, toes left too long, flares not addressed. Those are your biggest issues with fit problems. Um, and the trims not focused on getting a really well connected, non-distorted barefoot will narrow your boot selection. So it's not gonna say you can't fit boots to fit to, to feet that are not pristine, but it's going to limit which ones will work for you. So for those of us not working on horses, we got mules and minis and donkeys and all those fun critters. Um, there are a few brands that make mini size, mini sizes, or in fact, actual mini boots. We've got the Easy Boot Mini, we have the Kowalo Cute Little Boot, um, and Scoop Boot has the new mini sizes. Yes, the Kowalo, it's, it's the CLB, the Cute Little Boot. And it comes in bling, with literal. Oh, bling, oh, got mm -hmm. it. Yes. <laughs> Um, so more upright and narrow feet often found in mules and donkeys tend to lend themselves better to boots in the pleasure riding category because as those come up 
over the hoof capsule all completely, there's just less risk of things twisting and moving. Um, although gloves, you know, very, very often gloves come through, you can take a glove that's a size too small, heat it up, stretch it out and get a good fit. So gloves, you can do a lot of cool things with gloves. Um, Easy Boot Epics are an excellent choice in a lot of situations. Um, and yes, they have a cable system and a buckle and a lot of folks don't like that. But very often when you've tried a bunch of pairs of boots and you just can't get one to work, especially if you need a performance boot for what you're doing, the Epic is, you know, there's, it's based on the original Easy Boot design from the 70s. There's a reason why they still make it because it works. So mules can have more horse-like feet or more donkey-like feet. Um, a lot of mules and donkeys, as I'm sure folks who are familiar, uh, end up with these like real Coke can type feet, super upright. And that's not a healthy donkey or mule foot. It's not. Um, it, it, yeah. So getting the trim right for a donkey or a mule is just like it is for a horse, but it, it, it's really critical. Um, very often excuses are made that, oh, they're donkeys, they're upright. That, 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 that's not true. If you look at a wild donkey foot, they're not upright. So, um, and then for drafts, unfortunately your sizing is limited. The Cavallo Bigfoot boot, the Easy Boot Epic and Scoot boots all come in fairly generous sizing. I routinely get um, smaller drafts and draft crosses with real big feet in those boots pretty well. Um, there are a couple of brands that do custom. I believe Hoof Wings is one of them. Um, where you can actually get a custom boot done for those really, really big draft feet. So just a few boot basics. Um, daily maintenance, keep them clean um, and keep them out of the sun. Those are those two big things that people don't think about. And then you're out riding and all of a sudden your boot is gone and you find it and you look at it and it's just disintegrated at the uh, screw holes and whatnot um, because it's been left in the sun um, and that neoprene will degrade, the Velcro will degrade, the stitching will degrade, just, just keep them inside and keep them clean. Obviously dirt causes rubs, not good for your horse and it will shorten the life of your boot. Um, check your screws and straps, straps and stitching on a fairly regular basis. Uh, for the most part, most boots at this point have Loctite on the screws when you get them, um, but it's still a good thing to check. It'd be very very frustrating to be out on the trail and permanently lose your boot because you had a loose screw that you didn't check. Um, and most boots have replacement parts you can buy. So you can get new front straps, you can get new gaiters, you can get um, there's replacement bits and bobs. You don't have to buy a whole new boot unless your sole is really just worn out. That's usually when you go, okay, time for a new boot. Application, really easy way to damage your boots is applying or removing them incorrectly. Um, so don't just pull on the gaiter. Those are usually not the strongest point in the boot, um, you know, especially the neoprene gaiters that are stitched on there, the stitching will tear, and then you, you're kind of screwed. Um, so hold the boot shell itself and kind of rock that boot back onto the foot completely. Don't let the horse step on the edges of the boot before it's on all the way and try and get that toe in the boot pretty much all the way before you put your foot down and let them just push their weight in the, into the boot. This can be tricky, especially on horses who are foot sore because they do not want to hold their foot up very long. Um, so 
you know, things do get easier as you use them, as they break in, as your horse gets used to them. Um, you know, I have a, a, a number of horses I work on who at this point you, you put a boot on and they wait for you to tap their toe on the ground to get the boot seated on. And then you uh, flip up the gator, they put their foot down and you go on your way. You know, they do figure this out. It's, it's just like anything else. They learn this is just a part of getting ready, pick the feet, put the boot on, you're done. Um, and it's always good to try and keep left and right boots if you can. Some boots are left and right with how the fastening uh, systems go, um, but more and more they're not left and right, they come singly. And um, so it's always good to try and keep a left and right boot because obviously basically all horses have two different shaped feet and they will break in the boots differently. So for best results, I always recommend try and keep a left and right boot. A little bit of nail polish on one of them works well. It's an effective marker and you can take it off if you need to. A little bit of nail polish remover, obviously. This is a question I get a lot. Two boots or four boots? When do you need hind boots? Um, so, and you know, also when do I need boots at all? Do I need to use them in the arena? Do I just need to use them on the trail? What, what works for, you know, what should I do? Okay. It, this is the call your horse has to make. Um, if they're tripping, they don't want to go forward. They're walking on the sides of the trail instead of down the middle. They're refusing to go forward over things. They don't want to leave the barn. They don't want to go out of their stall. They don't want to walk on the driveway to the arena, et cetera, et cetera. Listen to your horse. They're saying, hey, my feet hurt. I need some help. Um, so whether you need them in the arena and whatnot, you know, for the most part, a lot of the happy barefoot horses, once they're transitioned, no, you don't need them on soft footing. But if you're transitioning your horse, it's, it's never a bad idea to have extra protection. Um, so a lot of the time, you know, like for me, my personal horses, when I go trail riding, I put front boots on. Um, and then if I'm going to be really demanding something of my horse, like a, a lot of extra mileage. If I'm going camping for a weekend and they're going to be ridden, you know, instead of a little two hour ride around the neighborhood, we're going to be going over rocks for three or four hours, twice a day. Then I'm putting all four boots on. Um, if I'm going to be doing a lot of trot and canter and possibly even some hand galloping, something like that on terrain, I may or may not know is great. I'm going to put all four boots on. Um, any situation where you think, you know, could my horse benefit from having full protection on all four feet, then yes, put all four boots on. Um, you know, obviously have a couple of pictures here, that one down on the bottom of those scoop boots going through that rock. I, I don't know any horse who would like to go through that barefoot. <laughs> you know, even the best you know, conditioned hooves, unless they are going over that rock every single day, their feet are not gonna be conditioned for it. So, you know, we ask a lot of our horses it's very easy to just pop on a set of hind boots, okay? you know? So a lot of the time I'll have folks who have a pair of hind boots, they only use them here and there. So they last a long time, but they're not using them very often. Most of the time they just use front boots, you know? So if you do more than fairly casual trail riding, especially if your horse is in a small corral or lives on soft footing, you really might want to consider a pair of hind boots as well. What brand is the one with the yellow strap? Uh, the middle picture, that is Flex Boots. The and top the ones are Explorer Magic. So 
a lot of folks do like to have hoof boots around in case they throw shoes, obviously. Um, I really, really like Easy Boot Epics for that purpose because they are fairly forgiving in terms of size. You know, if you have one for your front shoe uh, and you throw a hind shoe with enough duct tape and vet wrap, you can get that boot to stay on that foot even if it's the size of two too big. Um, so you can also use them over shoes, you know, if you're traveling or you're gonna be working on asphalt, you know, for folks who go on parades, that kind of thing, boots are a great option. For trailering, the transport air, like it's Kowalo, uh, soft rides, easy boot clouds and RX, they're all good for distance traveling in the trailer. Um, if you're booting over shoes, measure the hoof while it's shod. Keep in mind, it's probably gonna avoid the boot warranty. Obviously excessive wear, you know, um, but they are a, a very good choice. Um, you know, thing of folks will do studs in the shoes and borium and that kind of thing. And that's really hard on the soft tissue of the leg. Um, and boots will give you good grip without nearly so much strain on the soft tissues. And you only put them on when you need it, which is always handy. So everyone asks, okay, so now that I've figured out what boots I want to do, how do I measure? Measure after a fresh trim. Do not try and measure when the horse is halfway through a cycle. Do not include the heel bulbs in your length measurement. You'll see in the top photo is the buttress line. So you're only gonna measure right to the very back of that heel buttress, which is that triangular formation at the heel. Check your uh, size charts for the boots you're looking at to see if you need inches or millimeters. If it gives the option for millimeters, I almost always use millimeters because it's just more accurate. Mm -hmm. There's no quarter of an inch, is that an eighth of an inch or a sixteenth of an inch, those little teeny markers on your measuring tape, just use millimeters. However, if you're using, if you measure in inches and then you're going to convert to millimeters, very often you will not get an accurate size. Mm. Um, so again, I really, I measure in millimeters if you can. For most boots, um, that especially ones that fit snugly, measurements will give you a ballpark, but it's only taking into account the 2D plane of the sole of the foot. It is not taking into account whether you have underrun heels, whether you have toe flare, whether you have quarter flare, whether the, you know, you're, if you have really upright feet, whether you've got a really big uh, and beefy heel bulb and coronet. You know, I routinely I'll measure, okay, you're a size 12 equine fusion, cool, go to put it on. There's no way it will not go on because the hoof is kind of contracted and it's upright. And so we actually need a 13 in the heel bulbs in the coronet, even though a 12 would fit the sole. So measurements give you a ballpark, but you can't rely on them 100%. If there's someone that you can get to come out and actually try boots on you, then that is the best way to go. Um, you can order a fit kit from Easy Care for things like gloves. They'll send you three different sizes and you can, and you can try them on with the shelves. Um, there are different fitters for different um, brands that will send you fitting shells in the mail. Uh, so whenever you can, I always recommend going with fitting shells. Certain brands are more forgiving of sizing hiccups. Um, that's Kowalo's measurement uh, system down on the bottom there. And they really actually only have you look at length more than anything else. Um, but again, even though they say just measure on length, measure the width and check the width because 
it really doesn't make a difference. Buying used. Yes, so this comes up a lot. Hey, I borrowed my friend's boots. I did a trail ride in them. My horse did great. I ordered a pair, they won't go on. So boots stretch and break in and they wear to the feet that they protect, just like your shoes. It's very common for new boots to fit really snugly and then they break in and stretch out to fit that horse's foot. So if you're buying used, if possible, try on the pair that you are buying. And the opposite is also true. Like I said, if you size your horse with a pair of broken in boots, new ones may not fit, might be too small. Certain boots are particularly prone to this as the rubber heats up, it stretches, and then you have that issue. Other styles of boot, they crease and they fold as they break in. I don't know if any of you, you know, people, it's like you're wearing a tall dress boots or taller cowboy boots. You borrow somebody else's, even though they're the same size foot, and then you get a big old blister on your ankle because the creases in the boot are in the wrong place. Um, and this does happen with hoof boots as well. So something to keep in mind, you know, I know it's always great to buy used, but, and I have a stash of used boots, you know, cause I do trade in boots for people. Um, but I always try and fit the boot I have, not, hey, we're gonna fit fitting shell, it's a brand new shell, and then give you a used boot. Always try and verify if you can. Um, and I know this is frustrating because, you know, it gets expensive buying a bunch of different boots and having them not work, but um, it's also expensive buying a pair of used boots and then not being able to resell them or something like that. Also keep in mind that if you're buying used, you may have a lot more wear than you can see in photos, especially if you're buying over the internet. So you might get a boot with the stitchings half undone and you couldn't tell. And so the boot, you know, falls apart on you and you have to then replace a gator for 30 bucks. And it, all of a sudden it's not any cheaper than it was to buy it. I, I uh, hate to make this analogy, but this sounds like buying saddles. Oh, it's absolutely like buying saddles. <laughs> My rule for buying saddles is buy the one you are riding in. If oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Not don't don't send the demo back if that's the one that fits. But mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay, so just a couple of frequently asked questions. Uh, how long do they last? So this is all about mileage and terrain. Um, obviously, if you're going on nice soft groomed trails you're not going to have as much wear to the glove the boot if you are riding on rock or dg or sand um very often the straps and velcro and that kind of thing wear out before the sole of the boot does so it's great that you can do replacement parts um but um usually boots they're good until you wear a hole through in the bottom um, so if we said, you know, uh, somebody's riding their horse three to four times a week over uh, terrain that's not terribly rocky, but has some rocks and they ride an hour a day, are we looking at a month, six months, a year? You know, it, it, off the top of my head, you know, some numbers I have, I know, um, you know, I've got, I've got a client who she got 800 or something miles out of a pair of scoots on pretty rough terrain. Okay. Um, there's a dealer for scoots. She gets seven to nine, depending if she's in the Rocky Mountains. Um, but again, it, it, it's about mileage and terrain. It's just about where, you know. Um, so 
It really but we're not looking at buying a new pair every every three months. No, 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 no. no. Okay, that's no, what I'm just trying to get are. up. Am I looking yeah. at maybe a six months, a year? I mean, because I don't even know usually. Yeah. Um, again, it really does depend on how much you ride. Folks right. who ride enough to wear shoes out, you know, um, you know, like you can't reset your metal shoes, you gotta replace them because they've worn them too far. Obviously, you're gonna wear your boots out a lot faster too. Right. Um, if you're just in the arena, your boots are going to last longer than if you're out on the trail or if you're working on asphalt or anything like that. So I wish I could give a better answer than it depends, but unfortunately it depends. Um, upright and club feet. I get this question a lot. Um, of course, answer number one, improve the foot if you, if at all possible, but obviously we do have congenital club feet. Um, they can only get be fixed so much. Um, and they will say that no renegades cannot be used for this purpose. I have a horse, uh, with two pretty upright feet. Um, and he's retired now, but he did limited distance endurance in renegades very successfully. So, um, basically it's a, a little bit finicky about getting that heel captivator adjusted just so, but because the renegade is unique in that the heel captivator goes around the heel bulbs is completely separate from the boot. It's held together with a cable and you can adjust the cable. Often that will work for a more upright foot. Uh, gloves and scoots can be heat fit. The Fury does have an adjustable uh, portion for heel height. Uh, the new Easy Boot Glove 50, which I have a picture of later, kind of combines the glove and the Fury. They I don't know that they've confirmed that they are going to have a adjustable heel height on that boot or not. Um, for the upright narrow feet, the backcountry often works really well. Um, that is a glove shell with, they, they took the trail, uh, easy boot trail upper and put it on a glove shell. Um, so you get the snugger fit of a glove with the more uh, bulky and uh, while it's bulky, the snugger fitting more encompassing gator of the trail. The main issues with upright or club feet are heel bulb rubbing and poor fit along the toe wall because the toe is so much steeper than the usual angle that we see. So the boot doesn't fit snugly against the toe. So you have to figure out how you're gonna manage that problem. Uh, and very commonly, the manufacturer told me that my horse isn't suitable for their boot. So yes, sometimes true, not always. Um, either the host are truly unsuitable um, and you have trim issues and pathologies that you, it's going to be tough to fit any boot until you get that solved or it's really a kind of one you're going to need to either put a lot of effort in remotely or get somebody in person to fit it's just too hard to do over the internet sometimes that's just the case so don't be discouraged there's likely a hoof boot out there for you and an experienced fitter can help you find it it's just going to be tough for one company with one boot or two boot models to be able to help you remotely, you know, shipping boots and boot shells back and forth, the cost adds up really fast. And so it's one of those situations where sometimes you do just need somebody in person to help you. Are there other people like you out there that around the country that do boot fitting? I hope so. <laughs> You're the first one I've heard of, yeah. uh, but, but I'm hoping that, you know, that there, uh, that maybe this is something that people do take up as a profession and because you're going to have to have a sample of all these different sizes 
Yes. And that's where it does get tricky, you know, is, is simply having inventory. Um, you know, I do what I can. I'm lucky in that, um, you know, there are some larger dealers of individual brands that I do work with. So if I don't have that, that size, I don't have to order from the manufacturer necessarily. I can just get a drop ship from somebody else. Um, you know, so you, you figure out ways to work around things, you know. Um, but because of that, I only carry the most popular sizes in stock. Right. Um, so there is a downside, you know, but um, most of the time it's not too tricky because having a full set of sizing shelves really makes a difference. Is that um, something that more and more companies are doing is making sizing shelves for their boots? It seems that way. Um, and of course, having a sizing shell, you know, you can't actually work the horse in that boot. So it's not a hundred percent guarantee. There are times when especially with gloves, when you put the gaiter on the glove, it restricts the flexion of the boot. So if you had a really snug fit in the shell with the gaiter on, it might not work. So it's kind of one of those, you got to just understand that, well, that is the closest way to fitting. The only super 100% accurate way to fit is with the actual boot. And even then you'll have fits that you're like, I feel good about this fit. I, you know, go and go trail riding and you know, so use it and, figure it out, and then I get a phone call two days later. I lost my boot. I'm like, that was a pristine fit. How did you lose it? It's again, right. you never know. There's never a hundred percent until you've used them thoroughly and try them. So for me personally, any in-person fit that I do, I guarantee because, you know, I, I'm, I, it, it, there's just no way of knowing until you try the boot. Right. So, I, I sell them, I say, look, use them a few times lightly, you know, in the arena or just around the neighborhood, make sure they're gonna stay put and don't put a lot of miles on them. Um, but, you know, if you use them a few times and they're not working or you start getting rubs or something like that, give me a call, we'll figure it out. Um, and unfortunately, as far as boot companies go, Easy Care is the only one that offers a 45 day satisfaction guarantee. So that's a legitimate satisfaction guarantee, not um, right. you know, defects or something like that. Right. What's the average cost of a performance boot here? So um, the scoop boots are 189 um, For two? Mm -hmm, for a pair. Um, gloves are about 150 They're on the lower end, which is nice. Um, this is kind of just what I sell frequently off the top of my head here. Um, a lot of boots are somewhere around 200 a pair, roughly whether you're in the like the 180 to the 220, you know, sort of in that, 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 that category of around a hundred, a 200 a pair. Um, we do have a few options that are less expensive. Um, but if you're looking at your average budget, that's somewhere where you're going to be. And are most of them made outside the USA? It's a good question. I know quite a few are made here in the States, or at least some of them are. Um, the Renegades are made in the States. Uh, a lot of the easy care stuff is China, the um, scoots, the companies in Tasmania, but the production I think is Indonesia. So if you're really wanting to do made in the US, I know renegades are made in the States. Okay. I mean, it, it's just like shoes for people. Most of them are made outside of the United States yeah. just because of the labor costs. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so as I mentioned, we have so many to choose from here. Um, so this is a very, very partial list. And actually the middle and bottom row are all easy care boots. And that's not even all of the ones that they make. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> so um, starting at the top left, uh, that is the Evo boot. Uh, then we go to the Swiss gallopers. Then we have the equine fusion trekking. Then the Cavallo trek renegades. Then the start of the Easy Care line, which is again, there's there's more than these. Um, the backcountry, the new trail, the glove, the glove 50, the epic, the old Mac, the old Mac G2, not to be confused with the new Mac, but it's the old Mac G2, uh, the Easy Boot RX the Fury Sling, the Fury Heart, and the Easy Boot Cloud. So, you know, not on that list is Easy Boot, Easy Boot Sneaker, um, Easy Boot, uh, sorry, the uh, Equine Fusion Active, Equine Fusion uh, All-Terrain Ultra. Um, let's see, that's just what I have in front of me right now. Um, you know, Marquee, although I don't know if those are still being produced. Um, Hoof wings, uh, flex, and explore magic. I had earlier in the uh, presentation, so it's it's really bonkers. <laughs> yeah, the of options we have. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot to choose from, and that's why it, it gets tricky, and that's part of why I break it down first into categories. Yeah. No. It's, it's, I can see why. You know. It, I will. I. So, way back in the '70s. <laughs> When there was an only easy care boot, a friend of mine, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Sabre sneaker, um, but that was a boot that she was making that was basically a lace up like a sneaker. That was so long ago um, that to see the evolution, like, because there was nothing for her horse, that, there was no therapy boot then. It just didn't exist. And so she had started making that. So you never even heard of that one. Um, <laughs> so, um, that it we've almost gone too far the other way. Sometimes I feel that way. Yeah, because it's just going, ah, yeah. Well, why does Easy Care have, uh, what just in this side, what looks like five boots that are almost identical? You know, yeah, the screen, so, the you know, screen, uh, each of them are, are slightly different. Um, you know, the Fury Sling and Heart are very, very similar. They just have a slightly different attachment system. Um, the glove and glove 50, you know, um, it's the same shell on the glove 50. They've just done a different captivator gator system. Um, and then that glove shell is the same shell in the backcountry, which is that one all the way on the left in the middle uh, row. It's just, it has a different upper. So, you know, Easy Care has been doing a lot of cool things. They, they've been figuring out what designs work and continuing those and then modifying those a little bit more to see, okay, so, you know, the glove 50, the gator system doesn't, on a regular glove, doesn't work for everybody. Let's try a different, let's try the gator system that's very similar to the Fury Heart and put it on a glove and see how it looks. Um, so that's been very interesting how they keep innovating and doing something different. Um, is everything successful? No, but that's just sort of life. And it's great that Easy Care is still clearly putting so much effort into new designs right um because you know there are consistent problems you know with certain elements we get you know issues with gill ball rubbing you know issues with boot twisting that's just part of the game and that's part of having um feet that are not shaped for the feet that the boots are developed for and that's really what i would love to see is someone come up with some crazy design that fits not normal feet that's the big question. Um, and of course, that's one that's impossible to do because 
the the, the realm of non-distorted feet is huge you know super underrun and underslung to super upright and clubby and you know super flared out those big pancake feet you see um you know it's well you start getting into custom-made boots which you said yeah. someone does uh hoof wings i believe um and again then you run into cost right you know whenever you have something like that it's not mass produced the cost is just astronomical and so obviously you know you, you got to figure that one out too so it, it's tricky so now one of the things you haven't shown us is the bottom of these boots. Is that pretty standard or is, does that have as much variation as well? It does have some variation. Um, and I can, I have, like I said, I have a few boots here. I can uh, I'll turn my background off so we can see better. And I will uh, kind of show you some of those. Quite a few of these have the same soles. So Cavallo, all their boots have the same sole. Equine Fusion, I believe most of them have the same sole. Um, easy Boot. Uh, anything that is more of a performance type boot from them. So Glove, Glove 50, Epic, Fury, uh, and Backcountry, those all have the same sole. Um, and they use that trade, they use that tread pattern on a lot of their boots, you know, again, and, and they've made evolutionary changes to that tread pattern over time. Um, so I think, you know, kind of once they figure out something that works really well, right. they're applying it across the board. So I have quite a few options here sitting here that I can show you here guys here in a minute. Okay. So just a little bit about what I, what I do if I can't actually come to you, um, you know, we'll chat about you and your needs, look at some photos of your horse's feet and discuss you know, your horse in particular um, and help, help you find the best boot. Um, I might have it or I will direct you to somebody who else has it. You can pop up and visit me online, spectrumequine.com or on Facebook or Instagram, I'm over there. And, you know, I mean, as I've listened to you, it's been self-study. It's been self-experimentation and trying and buying and, and working through all these boots. Um, but it doesn't sound like to me that there is any uh, one actually training people to be boot fitters in the general sense, as opposed to the brand sense, which... Yeah. Um, you know, we went into this with saddles, right? Somebody's repping a brand, they're only going to tell you about their brand. And then we do find occasional saddle fitters who aren't brand dependent and are looking for the best fit across the line. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that it seems like might be coming down the pike that as we get more into boots that some organization is going to start or someone's going to start picking up the idea of training people about uh, boot fitting in a, in a more broader sense of it because one person here um robin said that she started fitting in person but now there's two <laughs> that i know of right worldwide <laughs> but it's tricky again because you, know, you have to be in a position to have stock if you right. want to really do it um and of course having stock of just one boot or two boots is is manageable but having stock of dozens is just a nightmare there are a few places in Europe um, that do that, that do stock multiple brands, um, online stores. Um, I don't know if there's one in the States. Um, one of the things I have run into when, you know, learning more about newer boot brands and trying to see if that might be something to bring in as, as a representative for, for myself is, you know, the, it has to make good business sense. 
you know. Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. You don't. If do I only have X amount work. of yeah. square footage. Yeah. Just go to, to, to stack full of boots. It's got to be boots that I can pay my mortgage with. Um, and you know, there, there are a few companies who it's just it's just not. You know, it was tough. You know, because I, I was really excited about these boots, and then going, uh, I I can't make ten dollars a pair on that. I'm sorry. Oh wow. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, their I, margins just aren't aren't there. They're just not there. Yeah. Um, and so a, a way that I think a lot of trimmers are starting to go, and, the, and how they can be of the most help to their clients without a huge outlay in terms of inventory costs and all of that, is the fit kit. Um, you know, they're not super huge and bulky to like to, to, to take around with you. You know, if you, I mean, I have an SUV and I've got my whole back seat full of stuff, but, um, you know, even if I'm doing a day where I'm just trimming and I, or, or if I need my back seat or whatever, I still have my fit kits in the car. Um, and I'm, I always got my, my glove fit kit and my scoot fit kit. Um, Cavallos, for the most part, you can get away without doing the fit kit because of how they fit. Um, you know, it's not perfect, but you know, they, they, they do pretty well on measurements if you're familiar enough with how the boots work. Um, although they do do a uh, fitting, um, you can order a certain number of boots uh, at a very reasonable cost to have for yourself for fitter for, for, for fit. Yeah, except that um, when you need them in the emergency, you're just going to go out to the store like I did and just buy what was on the shelf and hope they fit and find out, mm, I probably needed the next size up, but we're going to use them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the, but yeah. I'm, I'm right there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, um, but having fit kits and being familiar enough with the boots to at least be able to narrow it down to, here's a couple good suggestions for you. And here's a, a professional measurement done right after your trim. And, you know, I, I think that might be at least the next step in right. making yeah. it easier for folks to get hoof boots is just to get the hoof care pro providers, you know, we routinely recommend thrush treatments and dietary stuff. So it's not- Yeah, I can see where that would certainly start to fall into the realm of, of your hoof care professional. Yeah. Um, so there's only two companies that have Fit kits then, Easy Care and so Easy Care does a fit kit. Um, Koala does a fit. Uh, yeah, Koala does a fit kit. Um, Scoot does a fit kit. Flex, okay. you can get fit, fitting shelves, I think, from them. Right. Um, obviously, you could do your own and just buy one of every boot and have sizes. Right. Um, I don't. I don't. I haven't reached out to all the companies to see. Um, you know, obviously. A boot that fits up over the hairline has more elements to fitting than a boot that just fits over the hoof capsule. So right. the performance versus the pleasure riding boots. So that can be a little bit of a tricky element. Um, so again, that just kind of comes into use them, get familiar with them. You know, like I said, I um, today I'm, I, I'm planning on going and measuring one of my horses and ordering a, a new um, style of boot for him so I can try them myself and say, hey, can I recommend them? How do they fit? Right. Um, so it, it's always good for professional healthcare professionals to be familiar with this kind of thing because Absolutely. we rely on boots. We do. Um, yep. You know, I get a phone call. Hey, my horse is a little sore. Or, hey, my horse is abscessing or whatnot. Do you have any hoof boots? So it, it, I, to me, it's something that it, it's just as integral to our business and our client success as 
anything else. Well, and, it, and again, as, as people become more aware, and that's one of the reasons for this webinar, which I'm really glad that we've done this webinar, and I'm so looking forward to having you back. And maybe there was another topic there. Oh, maybe talk about mules and donkey feet, because mm. we haven't had anybody talk about mule and donkey feet, and they are different shape. Um, and we do accept that very upright foot as normal. Um, but you know, that's the thing is, uh, so I've, I've been around horses all my life, but this is the first horse I've ever had to put in boots. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like, I am a novice. I'm right back at square one. And I can't imagine someone who is a, a new owner or, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm having to go through the process that I went through with less information and availability um, than I had that it's gotta be a daunting experience for some people to go, oh, you know, what am I gonna do? What do I, you know? <laughs> so anyway, this is great. Okay, let's get on to looking at, so I know you have a whole bunch of boots there, so. Um. Yes, and I think you're, yeah. So just, you know, quick little thank you to everyone who I stole pictures from. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's so many things here. Um, I'm sure I, I, I must've missed somebody somewhere, but um, I think that's, yes, that's it. Okay, cool. So let me hop out of screen share here. All right, and let me turn off my background so we can see better. Okay, so um, we have got, let's see here. Start on this side. Um, so this is the equine fusion trekking. I'm gonna spotlight you just so that it's really clear for people, okay? <laughs> so yeah, here's the equine fusion trekking. Um, and one of the reasons I love the equine fusion boots, these are great for horses who are thin-soled and sensitive, that kind of thing, is the sole itself. Um, it is flexible. flexible, and but still thick enough that it takes a lot of cushion now. So, um, and when you combine them with their dampening pads, which are not foam, they're a thicker rubber, then, um, you know, what I find is, you know, I have a, a client who's going in them right now with a horse with uh, pedal osteitis and he's doing really, really well on these. Um, she's tried a bunch of different boots and nothing else just really gave him what he needed in terms of uh, concussion dampening. Can we see the sole again, just to see the pattern? Okay, thanks. So, and this is one of the boots that I kind of have in that in-between pleasure and uh, performance boot. Um, you know, it's kind of, it, it, it does come up over the hairline, but it is a fairly streamlined design. And so you can do a little more in them with fewer issues. And those come individually. Um, let's see here, where's my other equine fusion? Here's the active. And these come in pairs. Um, and it's the same sole. Um, they, they do come in slim and uh, standard size. So if you have a narrow footed horse. Um, and these guys are, I've had good luck with these in turnout with cloud pads for um, horses who are doing long-term therapy needs. Um, so these fasten, you've got- Lots of Velcro. Big Velcro, flaps, ah, there we go. Yep. Um, so someone's asking if the equine fusions come in larger sizes like cob size, which I don't think of as large, but. So yeah, um, they come into size 16, I believe. And that, this is a 14. Um, 
I've got a big 18 something hand warm blood in a size 15. So they, they're, they're not draft size, but they are big. They definitely do come generously sized. For whatever reason, it takes a moment after I talk before it goes back to you. So we just need to have a slight pause. Um, let's see, where is the, I have the, okay. And then still on equine infusions, this is the recovery boot. Their, their therapy boot, um, which is fairly new. I think it's new as of like, like December, something like that. They're super easy and they're great for folks who, you know, they've got barn staff or whatever working on boots too, um, because it's one little Velcro strap and then zipper. So that's a very nice design, easy on and off. And the whole heel area is just neoprene. And so if you have, if you have a higher heeled horse that needs to be in therapy boots, I've had really good luck so far with these not having rubbing problems. Do you have that's a problem one. with heat with the neoprene? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, like I said, they're new as of this winter. So that could be something that comes up over the summer. Yeah, yeah. let's see the sole. Again, same sole. Oh, same sole. Okay, good. Any size number on it? Uh, yes, this is a standard 14. The, uh, they don't come in slims, the uh, recoveries, they just come in standard. All right, uh, while we're on their boots, your classic Easy Boot Cloud. Um, again, also pretty easy. You've got your two Velcro straps and the front. And the sole on this one is fairly similar to the sole on the, uh, the other Easy Boots. Um, it's a little bit different shape, but it's the same tread pattern. And then the most important part of the Easy Boot Cloud, I use these pads all the time in other boots, is the cloud pad. And this is where Surefoot's coming in with three different density. I think I need to talk to you and send you a bunch of our uh, inserts so that you can field test them. I would love to. But yeah, so the cloud pads I use quite a bit more extensively than the clouds themselves um, because I can use them in Cavallos, I can use them in equine fusions, I can use them in um, you know, different boot varieties and then you know, the owner has a booth that they can actually do more than just turn out for a stall in, which is nice. Hey, somebody's saying that there's too much delay in the, so I'm going back to side by side. We'll see if that's better. Okay. Um, while we're on easy boots, your glove, very simple, straightforward. Glove capsule goes into the shell and then we have a gator, your tread pattern. Um, so easy care does a nice breakover in the tread pattern itself. Hopefully you can see yeah, that, that angled toe there. Mm -hmm. um, and you can modify these quite a bit. And that's something we can go into later is the extensive modifications you can do with an easy boot glove to make them work on oddly shaped feet, that sort of thing. Um, and here is, we go back to the, the, the perils of buying used. Here's a rather used glove. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, and you can see the amount of tread wear yeah. And this boot in particular, hopefully we can try and see it. Maybe if I get it, the angle's just right. What are we looking for? I'm doing it backwards. So you can see how, if this roughly, hang on, is the center of the boot. Yep. You see how 
that side is worn differently. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the light is shinier on the on the hand on your hand side. If you just kind of rotate a little toward your watch, there we go. Yeah, and then back. Yeah, yeah you can see how there's more wear. Yep. On the one side of the foot. Yep. So this horse is like the majority of horses is not moving straight. Right. Um, probably I would guess pigeon toed, and so they are wearing the. This was the medial side. They're gonna wear the medial side of the boot more than the lateral side. But they're able to do that because yes. the boot will wear. Because the boot will wear. But that is one of those things that comes into play with buying used boots is that uh, they're not going to be worn evenly. You know? Or and you having your left and right, making sure you dedicate your left and right. Yes, again, your, your left and rights. So, um, and, you know, it's probably not going to be visible very well on the camera because it's very slight, but you can see all the little dips and inconsistencies. You can see a little bit right through here. Yep. There's shadow lines. Yeah, you yeah. can see the toe. Where the uh, the screws have stretched out that area and how kind of the top of the boot through here has stretched differently. And so buying used is if you can try the boots you buy and they work, fantastic. But buy a new pair based on an old pair at your peril, more or less. In other words, you're not saving yourself money buying a used pair of boots if the boots you're buying are worn not to the way your feet, your horse is. Yeah, more or less. Um, so here's an easy boot sneaker. This is a pretty new model for easy, easy care. I think they came out in January or February. Um, different sole. Um, they're pretty flexible, which is nice. Uh, I'm still kind of figuring out how I'm going to integrate them and use them. Um, the design is really neat, but um, what's really interesting is they look a lot like a upscale version of the Saber sneaker that I told you about yeah. making years ago. Yeah. But yeah. So again, they've kind of taken design, you know, the, the, the top strap design, very similar to the Easy Boot Cloud. This strap, very similar to the backcountry and the trail. Um, you know, they kind of take all the bits and pieces of the boots that they have success with and combine them to try something new. Right. So um, figuring out exactly how I'm going to use and recommend these, I haven't quite sorted that out yet. Um, I haven't had too many horses in them. Um, but this is a newer model from Easy Care Sneaker. And this, this would definitely be in your pleasure riding and therapy category, probably straddling that line, very light riding um, and therapy needs. And turnout, probably. Well, and that's just it. It's. Um as you wind up with more and more boots, you're kind of cutting the markets into smaller pieces, but then that also makes it more confusing. It does. It does. And like I said, I default, if I can, to a performance boot. It's right. just, you have the least amount of problems that way. Um, and usually the most um, satisfaction with the boot. Uh, if you can get a good fit with the performance boot, you can't always. Right. So here's a Fury Sling. Um, so you've got your pasture and strap and then you have your heel bulb straps. Um, so this is the model, which this back piece here can go up. So you have this, you, you see, so you have oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. another option. And then also you, it slides, these screws come out and you can slide the back further out. Let's see, is this one, this one's tightened down. Um, so you might be able to see the lights probably not quite good. Oh, there you go. You oh, see okay. how the screw holes. Yeah. 
So um, this little tongue piece, that's the heel, slides in and out. So the, the idea here um, is to be able to accommodate differently shaped heel lobes. Right. So um, I've used them somewhat. Um, I, you know, again, I have such good success with my other ones that it's a little tricky for me to, you know. Thread pattern? Yeah, break the pattern can be tricky. Um, can you show us I the am, pattern? I am so happy with the other ones that the Easy, the easy Care does. Can we see the tread pattern on the Fury? Huh? Can we see the tread pattern on the tread pattern? Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, because that one to me, you know, with that large flat area, you start to wonder about, um, for me, anytime I look at a tread and there's a lot of flat. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a slightly... It's a little stiffer through there and, um, you know, they definitely kept some of the same uh, tread idea from the uh, glove and whatnot, um, right. but they've changed it slightly probably to help with weight. They've had these extra channels in here. Right. Um, okay. So anyway, the Fury. And that's the sling. They also have the heart, which is a slightly different uh, front attachment. I don't have one to show you, unfortunately. Here is our good old-fashioned Epic. This is actually an older Epic. The new Epics have the same tread as the gloves. Um, this is an older Epic, but the um, buckles and whatnot are still the same. So this is based on your very classic, very original Easy Boot, which did not have the gator. It was just the boot shell. Right. And so what the gator does is basically ensures that it's going to stay your little extra security. Yeah. Right. And so how these guys work, you've got your cable, which you can put through the little V right here. You can put it on the outside of the V. You can put it on a, you need a lot of tightness. You can put it on either side like that. Okay. It, it just again this is a boot which it's kind of a pain to fiddle with but if you've got a situation in which you just can't get another fit that works well right. it's there it's kind of the old reliable let's see here okay um so going to scoop boots is what i have left here i think so here's your scoop boot um you know, they're a very simple, very straightforward boot. There's your sole. They're flexible, which is really nice. Um, but the sole, as you can see here, it's not real thick. Right. So I routinely, you know, say, look, you know, your horse, I, I know you love the concept of, of, of a scoop boot, but, you know, we can't really do pads in them. Very, very, very thin ones. And, um, you know, if your horse has a thin sole, you know, either recovering from trimming issues or laminitis or navicular or anything like that, and you have hard ground or rocky areas or whatnot, the, the scoot is often just not enough protection. Um, to compare, we can, can kind of get a concept of the sole thickness. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so you can see that little line, that little lip right yep. out there goes around. That's the sole level on a glove versus the sole level on a scoot. Right. So scoots, you know, I often have a horse, who, they just need more protection than a scoot. But if you just need, and you know, a little bit of extra help 
when you go on a rocky trail or crossing gravel driveways or what have you, and your horse is really pretty sound the rest of the time, they are often a fantastic choice. Um, very well, easy. Like, you know, I can think of going through water. This one's going to let the water out. Exactly. Tons of drainage. I mean, the whole back is open. Yeah. Um, really great for drainage. Doesn't tend to collect sand and debris if the fit is snug enough. Um, you have your one pasture and strap. If you do have any slipping issues, um, there's the mud strap design, which comes around the back, wraps around the pasture and fastens in front. And they, they rarely come off at all with that. Right. Um, you know, we can add shims, we can add uh, all kinds of little options. The gator, the, the, the protective gator on the scoop boot is very minimal, um, very easy to take on, put off. So we just pop it through okay. there and Velcro. Oh, uh, done. Yeah, very easy. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you can put the straps on with a hoof pick or a pair of pliers grabbing the end. Uh, so they're, 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 they're just easy. Right. They're easy. They're straightforward. They're simple. They're easy. Um, and that realistically for a lot of people is what makes the decision. Right. You know, um, because it doesn't matter how great they are if you don't use them. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's true of everything, right? Yeah. You have a renegade. Um, uh, not handy with me, I'm afraid. Okay. Because that one you keep talking about a cable system, I'm not sure I understand how that works. Okay, um, give me, let me see, I might. Hang on, I'm not sharing screen, correct? You are not. Okay, let me pull off their website real quick. All right, let me pop back to screen share here. So as you can see there, big picture right in front, that is the famous, I believe that's Cougar Rock at yeah. uh, Kevis, um, being done in strap-on renegade boots. Um, you know, they put these things to the test. They are a fantastic boot. I really do like renegades, um, but, the, but the learning curve is a little steeper, but you do get what you invest out of them, you know? Um, if you invest the time to learn how to, how to use them really well and get them fit really well to your horse, they work great. Retention is great. Um, rubbing is often minimal. Um, There's a really good design. Um, so let's see, I know they've got a set of pictures that details how they work. Do, 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 do. If it's going to load. Slowly. There we go. Hopefully these pictures will show you. So you can see the cable system. Right. It goes through there. So it fastens in the front and it runs along through here around this button in the heel captivator and comes back and fastens to the end of the Velcro strap. Okay. So you adjust your cables. You loosen this little screw in here adjust the cables how you need them, tighten that back down. And then for your day-to-day -day application, you loosen it up a little bit with the Velcro strap, put the boot on, tighten it back up again. Got it. So, so you're not having to adjust the cable every day. It's just no, set it no. and forget it. Yeah, so the, the cable, you know, they come with these little paint dots on them so you can see, okay, here's sort of like adjustment one, adjustment two, adjustment three. 
Um, so you can see here how the boot opens up really well because yep. that captivator is only attached by the cable. It's not stitched on there. It's not sewn on there. Right. Um, and you have your boot shell here in the middle. Slide it on there, get your boot on, make sure it's centered. They have a really great photo series here. Yeah, so this is excellent. I, I wish everybody had this. Make sure to seat the boot onto the foot. Yes, this is, this moment is when people damage their boots is they, they don't do this or the horse snatches the leg or whatever when they're trying to do this. And the boot does not come seated all the way onto the foot. The horse puts their foot down, stands on the edge of the boot, pop goes your stitching or gotcha. your screw or what have you. Pull your kill captivator up. So here you can really see how separate the, the captivator is from the boot shell. Right. And that really is the unique, unique of it's this design. Yes, yeah. that is the uniqueness of this design and why it works so well. So you don't, don't take your, your heel captivator. So basically why you routinely, like if I have hooves that just, they're getting rubbed with everything and we can't figure out why. Okay, just let's go to Renegades because how that heel captivator moves, the, the, the captivator is designed to stay in one place on the heel. And so the friction is not over the heel bulb with, you know, something here. If your heel bulb is a little bit too high right. on a glove, so your heel bulb isn't right in this wide enough spot, it's up here a little bit, or it's a little too low. And then your heel bulb is just going to rub and rub and rub and rub every time. Right. Um, and that's the same on a glove. It's the same, you know, on the trekking here. If your heel bulb isn't right through here, then it's going to have a pressure point from the stitching inside or something like that. So Renegade's the only one with a, a heel captivator that moves with the heel. They're completely separate to my knowledge. Yes. Okay. Um, and so really these can be the answer when you've got a foot that you, you, you just can't get sit quite right, whether it's because the horse paddles or the horse has kind of a weird stride pattern or they're, you know, two toed in or something like that to where to how they hit the ground just is weird. Um, right. renegades can often solve these problems. Um, and then you know, your heel captivator isn't tight. You got to make sure not to over tighten on the pastern as they tell you, and then how you fasten your Velcro straps. So let's see here if they've got one. Again, here's another picture. You can see how the captivator is up over the bulbs and it's separate from the shell on the bottom here. Yeah. So that's, yeah, these are all just, just removal. Yeah, but yeah, so how that system works is it's a really, really great design. Um, just the downside of it is that it does take maintenance and there's a learning curve. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there is an up and a down to every boot model. And it's just whether figuring out, is this the right one for you? Are you okay with the downsides? You know, are you okay with the upsides? Um, well, and I always tell to... people, you know, for every, for you always want to know your poison, uh, your antidote to your poison, right? You can drink it if you know the antidote. You can use this boot if you understand what it's going to do and you know how to solve it. Mm -hmm. uh, but just inadvertently using a boot because that was the one somebody said to get does not solve your problem. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, because every boot has a good and a bad. And you know, 
it's and true of anything with horses. You talk to 10 people, you'll get 15 different opinions. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and the more you know, it often feels like the less you know. Yes. That you know that you don't know that's what you don't know. Yes. Um, you know, that, that, that's something that I, I run into it more often than not, you know, um, especially with these new models on the market. It's like, okay, so I'll try them on my horse and they're great. And then I recommend them to a client and the client calls me and is like, they're not working, come back. I'm like, oh no. And I didn't sell them to them. They ordered them to somebody else. And so they don't have, you know, necessarily a, a guarantee or a warranty or what have you. And, you know, it, it's tough. You know, I do what I can to make sure that I have clients with happy horses and happy feet. Um, but there is no magic button. Right. Alrighty. Um, if you just go ahead and unshare your screen, we'll wrap this up. Um, we clearly need to have you come back because this was over an hour and a half and we didn't get to tips and tricks. So uh, oh. we definitely need that webinar, but I just want to thank you so much for bringing this information to us because, um, you know, like you said, the, there's more and more models out there every day and we, um, we're at the mercy of the marketers if we don't know what to look for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so and that asking, is, that's not just a hoof boot thing. That right. is, yeah. you know, every saddle, every saddle pad, every bit, every feed, every supplement, every, it, it, it's just never listen to the marketing. Do your research. Yes. Um, someone is asking, what sort of boot would you recommend for Western disciplines such as rain cow horse? And how do you intelligently encourage a shoe oriented person who is interested in barefoot? Okay. So reining again is one of really the only situations in which hoof boots, the added traction, obviously you're trying to slide. So a uh, minor problem. Um, I do know ages ago, somebody had talked about putting a slider plate shoe onto a hoof boot. Um, my only thought is that, you know, when they're doing their spins, um, you know, that's, that's going to really torque a hoof boot. You'd have to really probably do a, a heat fit toe slotted glove or something to make sure it stayed put. Um, anyway, so yeah, I ran cow horse. I just don't know that much about the discipline and about exactly what you're trying to get done. Um, well, there's three phases, one of which is a raining pattern. Yeah. And so I think right there, you're probably going to have difficulty. Yeah. You know, so if you can not use the boots for the raining pattern, but you know, I mean, the footing is usually really good. Right. But to get so, a slide, you're not going to slide in a barefoot horse. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, you know, I do know raining folk who they do everything barefoot at home, tack on sliders, go to the show, come home, take them off. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they put them on just for, you know, they put, yeah, they put them on, train a few times going up to the show, go to the show, or they just leave them on for, for show season um, and take them off after that. You know, so the horse still gets as much benefit as possible from being barefoot um, as much as time as possible. So that's, that is something that I do know some rating folks do. Yeah, it, it is difficult um, because the, you know, you have to have that minimal friction. So um it, it is a sort of an, an animal to itself in many ways. Um, as far as intelligently encouraging a shoot oriented person, you catch flies with honey. Um, you know, and, and, and really just what I have been able to do and I've gotten folks over time to transition just by setting the example. 
that, you know, my horses aren't lame. I don't have to wrap them in standing wraps after they work so they don't stock up and be sore the next day. I, you know, if, if people start with, oh my, you know, they do something with my horse and they go, oh my God, their feet are, they're gorgeous. They don't have any thrush. So this, that, and the other thing. And then you bring up the diet and it's one of those things you have to just go step by step by step and eventually they'll figure it out or they won't. And to some extent, trying, it's like anything else, forcing something like this on somebody else who's very shoe oriented, who's been living their whole lives of, oh, the horse has to have a shoe if they're going to be in training or going to show or go to work or whatever. Um, but things are changing. And, you yes. know, I mean, I yes. think just from my years of experience that um, when shoes were the only option, right? And you had your easy boot in case you lost a shoe. Mm -hmm. um, things have things are changing, and they change through education. They change yes. through awareness, and they change through example. Yeah. Um, and now there are horses competing at upper levels that are barefoot and dressage. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. right? So, and, and I think your really good point there is example. Yeah, we have to show people that look, we are not sacrificing. If anything, we're enhancing our horse's performance. Right, and so as folks realize that they will start to realize, well, maybe I should try. And then hopefully <laughs> everything will be done correctly and they'll succeed. And then we'll have yet another example of yeah. how well it works. And I think realistically, that's just how it happens and things, the slow way is the fast way, like anything else. So do you, do you see that there are certain boots that fit particular breeds or is it um, like you could say that uh, all quarter horses tend to do well in this type of boot, or is it just that there's so many individual feet, it has to be the individual? Individuals. It's right. all individuals. Right. And it's hoof confirmation and, and, and pathology issues. You know, a lot of folks like to lump quarter horses into the little teeny upright feet and thoroughbreds into the big, big flat, you know, platter feet and draft cross, drafts get cracks and that, you know, and, and while we might have a large number of those horses, then you end up seeing the quarter horses who have been out working ranches since they were, you know, and, and they were born out on, you know, a cow pasture and they've got gorgeous feet because they've never seen a shoe. And, you know, um, so the answer is no. <laughs> it's, you know, yes, we do sometimes see patterns and trends, but shuffling, shuffling everyone into one pile, just, it just isn't helpful. Um, you know, yes, we do tend to see certain movement things, you know, gated horses. Um, a lot of the Spanish horses, they tend to paddle. Um, and that can, can affect boot fit, um, because how they land, there's kind of a torque to how they come up off the ground. And so if you have a boot that's prone to twisting anyway, it's, shoop, gonna, it's just going to go. Um, you know, it, it's more patterns like, okay, a horse has high-low, you know, in front. They've got the underrun foot and the upright foot. And that's just fun because both of those guys have their own unique set of problems. Um, and so trying to get a set of boots that works with those horses is tricky. Um, but again, it, it's just about being persistent in trying to, to resolve your problems and at the core, work, at your, work on your issues through trim and health. Yep. Um, that is going to be the best way to get the best success with their own foods is have a healthy foot. 
So Janelle, I know you tuned in late. We're going to do uh, trips and tips and tricks in another webinar to figure out some of those irregularities and how to work with them. Well, Sarah, I can't thank you enough for this webinar. This has been really uh, informative, educational, and somewhat uh, shocking is well, a little bit like, OMG. Overwhelming. Yes, oh, it, yes. Can, it really can be because there's just so many options. I mean, like, I mean, Easy Care alone has over a dozen. It's just like, what? We're supposed to keep up? How? And, right. that, and this isn't even taking into account gluons and composite shoes and all of that, which is another another realm. Right, and we've we've had Daisy Vicking on several times, and so we've talked about glue on shoes and things. So, um, and yes, it's uh, it's being able to kind of keep things contained and see what what we need, make decisions, make right decisions. Absolutely. So, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to having you back. I can't well, wait. Thank you for that. having me here. It's going to be excellent. And um, everybody, tomorrow is Friday. I'm going to talk about the surefoot way of picking up a foot, um, and then I'm going to be taking a week off the week of Memorial Day. And uh, when we come back, we'll have some great guests. We'll have Sarah back in June. I'm hoping we can schedule that. Um, so we'll see you all tomorrow and then after the holiday. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day. And uh, thanks again, Sarah. This is terrific. Thank you. Take care. Bye.